welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org. Peter's going to preach. We've been talking uh, just there about, um, about a journey that we're going on uh, with the building. And uh, I want to talk this morning about a journey. And it's a journey that lots of you have um, been on. And um, so I want to start with where Johnny B was last week. And, and, and Johnny B has kind of set me up for this week really, really well. And so who was here last week and heard Johnny B? So who wasn't? A few people. And I would say if you weren't here last week, you need to download it and have a listen because it was really, really good. And um, so Johnny B started off talking about prophecies that have been given um, to us as a church as we've gone on a journey over the last 30 years. And um, the first one that he shared is that one from Andy Davis um, that Phil has just shared. And then he shared another one from the end of last year from a guy called Paul Basson. And um, where he felt that he'd had a dream and he felt that God would give, was giving us a warning to be careful not to get so busy that we miss the presence of God. And when we have a worship time like this morning, I, I don't want to have any risk of missing the presence of God or being so busy that I don't see what God's doing. And he talked a lot about enlargement, encompassing a greater area, time to be faithful in some bigger things. He wants us to be like new wineskins that can stretch so that we can be tempted to resist that because stretching is painful and we're comfortable. We don't want to stay the way, we want to stay the way we are rather than change. And bad experiences in the past affect us. And we think too little of ourselves. So Johnny kind of talked about all these things. And he said, if I can summarize, it's time to dream about what God wants to do in the Peak District. Enlargement. Work to grow his influence through us. The new building is part of this, but it's a tool for a time, not the focus. Our focus is the people of the Peaks who don't know Jesus. As well as continuing to be a church family that looks out for each other staying in his presence, and following him when he moves. It will take effort, might well be painful, but for us at all times there will be weapons that come against us, but they will not beat us. And um, so he said it's hard to start a new adventure when we've not recovered from the last one. And um, we constantly go on adventures as a church as we, we kind of go on our journey as a church and he said sometimes you'll get a mark like a blister and it hurts and and actually you feel like I just need to recover from that first and he said to get disillusioned you have to first have an illusion so he said my experience is like this um, when I feel like God has spoken about where we're going and then he had this picture now I listened to this talk going for a run last Sunday and so as, I, as I'm imagining him, he's, he's saying, I spent two hours doing this glorious PowerPoint. And in my mind, at that point, I'm thinking glorious Technicolor and everything. And then as he was telling what was going on, I'm thinking, 
he just scribbled that on a bit of paper, didn't he? And, uh, and here was Johnny's picture where, where he was going from point A to point B, and there was a mountain and a river, and actually ended up floating down the river and climbing over the mountain before he got to where he wanted to go. What he expected and what actually happened were two very different things. And he said, the trouble is, God didn't say what route we are going by. And then I get disappointed when things don't go the way I had planned. We have some promises God has made to us and confirmed, but we haven't seen them fulfilled yet. That can make you tired and weary. And he said lots of other things. As I say, it's well worth listening to. Now, um, today we're going to take a slight turn in our series. We've been working our way through Exodus, and today we hit Deuteronomy. Now, we're on this journey through Exodus, Deuteronomy, to get to Joshua, and we know that we want to do um, some preaching from Joshua, um, but we're on the way, on this journey, and we want you to come with us on this journey. So we arrive in Deuteronomy, so if you've got your Bible and you want to open it, we're going to start in Deuteronomy 1. Um, I'm going to read it from the ESV. These are the words that Moses spoke to all of Israel beyond the Jordan in the wilderness. And I think we've got a picture of of what that was like. In the Arabah, opposite Suf, between Paran and Tophel, Laban, Hazaroth, and Dizabar, it is 11 days' journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Baianea. So here they are. You see this picture of where they went. They went kind of a bit of a complicated route, but the beginning of Deuteronomy says it's 11 days' walk. If you go from where they started to the promised land, 11 days, and you'll be there. 40 years they were in the desert. And this is where Deuteronomy starts. It starts at the point where they're going to go into the promised land, and actually they're being told the story of what's happened. And they're kind of revisiting some of what's already gone on. So as you read through Deuteronomy, you you get some of the same things that were in Exodus as well. Because actually they're retelling the story to their people. Because their people, all they've ever known is life in the desert. It was one full generation. All the people that had left from Egypt, they died off in the desert. And there was a new generation And that new generation were were ready to enter the promised land. And for 40 years, they'd been in this wilderness. So in the 40th year, on the first day of the 11th month, Moses spoke to the people of Israel according to all that the Lord had given him in commandment to them. And after he had defeated Sihon, the king of the Amorites, who lived in Heshbon, and Og, king of Bashan. I wanted to call Matthew Og. Pamela wouldn't let me. Um, I just think it's a fantastic name, who lived in Ashtaroth and in Edrai, beyond the Jordan, in the land of the Moab, Moses undertook to explain the law, saying, the Lord our God said to us in Horeb, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. Turn and take your journey and go to the hill country of the Amorites and to all their neighbors in the Arabah, in the hill country and in the lowland and in the Negev, And by the seacoast, the land of the Canaanites and Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, see, I have set this land before you. Go in, take possession of the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give them and their offspring after them. 
So here was God. They're still in the desert. They've done their wandering round, going absolutely nowhere, doing a full circuit. And they're about to go off to the north. And God's saying to them, I'm going to give you this land all the way across Lebanon, right up to the Euphrates. So we're talking right up Iran, Iraq. We're talking a huge area. And God says, I'm going to give this land to your people. You're going to need to go and you need to take this land. And God says, enough. Enough wandering. And I don't know how you'd feel if you'd been in the desert for 40 years, wandering round and round, getting nowhere, when actually you could have been there in under a fortnight. But the thing is, they weren't lost in the desert. They knew where they were. They knew what was happening around them. They were on a journey. They weren't lost in the desert. They were journeying with God. And as they journeyed, they learnt and they grew physically, emotionally, spiritually. God spoke to them. God changed them as a people as they were there stuck in the desert. And God says, enough. Now go take the land. So I want to talk about our journey for a bit. And so I've got some maps of our journey as well. And what about us? Where have we been? Now, um, if you have a look on our website, um, then you'll find that we've got a mission statement. Who actually knows the mission statement for our church? Hands up if you know what it is. Feels kind of like, I don't want to put my hand up just in case you're going to ask me to say it. So he's kind of hesitant. Sarah knows it full well. Excellent. So um, our mission statement is we exist to worship God and encounter his presence, committed to advancing his kingdom through local church communities, caught up in mission here and to the nations. That's what we're about as a church. And actually, I don't think we make enough of what it is that we're trying to achieve. We almost need that mission statement kind of a bit more obvious to us. It's not even on the front page of the website. It's on the, well, who are we and what are we doing page. And, um, but it's really important. And um, it goes on on that page to describe lots of other things. It describes about Isaiah 41, verse 18. I will make rivers flow on barren heights and springs within the valleys. That's the, the verse that this church was kind of birthed through. And it says, our expectation is for an outpouring of God's spirit on dry and thirsty hills and valleys. We also believe that this river will flow out and affect the towns and cities around the peaks. And it also goes goes on to say, God gave us a prophetic picture of fires burning in many places over the Peak District. And this has shaped our vision for community groups in each community and for churches being planted wherever we have clusters of these groups. So that just kind of gives you an overview of of what we want to be. But actually, then there's a bit of a story on that page, which starts back in 1987, 30 years ago. And um, it's quite dark, isn't it? But you can see there's a black dot just above Stony Middleton. And that's where Dave and Jill lived. And that's where the church started 30 years ago. And um, so I'm going to slowly draw on this map in my scruffy kind of arrows it won't be anything posh 
And um, I just want to kind of give you a flavor of the journey that we've been on over the last 30 years. Who remembers 30 years ago meeting in Dave and Jill's house? Oh, it's just Josie. Because nobody else that's here was there at that time. And actually, that's a bit like it was when Moses was telling the story. Maybe I should get Josie to come up and tell this next bit. Because actually, Moses, they're saying, this is where we've been and this is what's happened. But nobody in the place actually knew the full story. Because they'd not been there for all of it. So... 1991, we joined New Frontiers, and uh, in 1996, God spoke prophetically to us that our strength to increase would come from without, and since this time, we've been steady increase in the number of people coming to join us and inquiring about the church. And um, so, there was this picture, and it was on the front of the news sheet. Who remembers this picture being on the front of the news sheet? There should be a few more of you. And um, this is... From right at the beginning, these are kind of the towns around the Peak District and in the Peak District that actually there's a vision to reach. And um, that was on the front of the news sheet so that we saw it every week and were reminded, okay, what's our mission? Now, in 97, um, Tim and Becky Davis came to church, uh, plant a church in Buxton. And if we have a couple of pictures... So there we were. We went down to Bakewell. There was a couple of different places in Bakewell. There was New Home Hospital. Anyone remember meeting at New Home? Yeah, there's a few more of you there. And then um, I think there was the Scout Hut. Was that before? So it was the Scout Hut first, and then there was New Home Hospital. And then, um, and then actually we moved down to St. Elphins, which is no longer. It's now lots of houses. You drive past it all the time on the A6. And then at that point... In um, 97, Tim and Becky Davis came across thinking about church, plant, uh, church planting in Buxton. And in 98, we planted out into Buxton. And then actually, we were, we were in Darleydale, not at St. Elphin's, but at the Whitworth. And that's about the time that we joined, 2001, we um, joined the church and uh, had already started meeting in the Whitworth by that point. And so we hung around in Darleydale for a bit. Who remembers meeting in the Whitworth? Yeah, so a few more of you. And, um, and so we were meeting there, and then we moved south to here at County Hall. And, uh, of course, you all remember County Hall because you're all here. And uh, so we were at County Hall for a good period of time. And during that time, um, Phil went off and planted across to Chesterfield. So... Um, so then there was Buxton and Chesterfield, and we were meeting in Matlock. And um, so we'd got all these different places. That was 2008. And then, um, and then 2015, Dave and Jill stepped back from leading the church and left it to us three. That was a few years ago now. And um, so we've been trying to do that. And um, we've then moved across Matlock, haven't we? We've been in the other building for a bit. We've come back here for a bit, knowing that we're going over there again for a bit. And so we get to the end, and it starts to look a little bit more messy, doesn't it, our map? And I don't know how you feel wandering around in the desert of the Peak District for the last 30 years as the people of God. 
Do you feel excited as you hear that story, or do you just feel disappointed? And some of you might feel disappointed because actually your hope was for something somewhere, and we're not quite there yet. And if you look at the map, we, we're outside the Peak District. Because Buxton's technically outside, even though it's in the middle, and, um, and Chesterfield's outside, and Matlock's outside, and we're not in it. And so some of you kind of are disappointed, because actually that's not what you were imagining. Some of you joined us from different parts of the country. And as you came in, your heart was to see a church in Bakewell or a church in this place or that place. And actually, it may not be there at this point in time. And you feel like you've been wandering in the desert, going round and round. And you know, as we've been on that journey, some people have left because they've said, you've moved too far from where I thought we were going to be as a church. You're now far too far south and we can't possibly make that journey. And they've left and they've gone off to other places. And that kind of hurts. I know when I've spoken to Paula and Clive, they're not, no, they're not here today, but when I've talked to Paula and Clive about journeying, sometimes they've said, you know, we've, we've, we've talked about going so many times and, and, and we want to see all these churches planted. We want to see all these fires across the Peak District and it's not happened we're so disappointed that actually we almost feel like we can't get excited about any further step at the moment because actually we really struggle because we haven't seen what we've been hoping for and we we can't make ourselves vulnerable because we don't want to be disappointed again and I'm sure some of you have some of those feelings the thing is God didn't tell the Israelites how to get to where they were going God said I want you to go to the promised land. I want you to go out into the desert and I want you to cross to the promised land. He didn't say to them at that point, it's going to take you 40 years. He said, I want you to go on this journey. And some of them will have thought in a fortnight we'll be in the promised land. And I don't know how they felt after 12 years rather than 12 days. Were they disappointed? Or had they settled up? They'd made their camp. They were very happy where they were. And they didn't really want to move on. At the end, there was a million of them in the desert. And I wonder how that would have been if you've got a million people in the desert, you're trying to mobilize to move over there, 11 days walk. When I say 11 days walk, that's like walking to London. Now, if I said, okay, we're going to go on a walk to London, who's coming with me? No, actually, most of you aren't coming to London with me, are you? And um, if I said we're going to go to Edinburgh, maybe more people would come. I don't know. But actually, if I said there was 11 days walk, you'd be like, no, actually, that's really hard. We're going to get wet on the way. My shoes are going to wear out. And actually, I'm, I'm not up for that kind of journey. And I'm sure the Israelites felt that way. It's the same with us. As we've been journeying on, as we've been wandering around as a nomadic people without a building or anything, we've sometimes thought, this is really hard work. Setting up on a Sunday morning, probably most of us have gone, oh, 
do I have to pack the stuff in the van again? I am so glad it's my last week on. We've all been there and we've all said these things. Because actually doing church together is sometimes really quite hard work. But as we've been going on on this journey, wandering around, so many things have happened. And even over the last few years, things have changed. So here we are, we've been camping in Matlock for a bit, and actually loads of stuff's happened. In the last few years, um, Angela got very excited um, about young people, and she wanted to start something called Totzang. And actually, she gathered some people together, and actually, I know Josie's leading it now, and it's an amazing thing. We see so many unchurched people coming in with their children each week, and it's amazing. We've seen Carly say, I want to start something, Bible study in Bakewell. And we have loads of people gathering, and they're not all from our church, but they gather and they meet and they study the Bible on a Wednesday. Um, Jigsaw, 12 years ago, didn't exist. And you look at all the things it does and all the people it reaches across the Peak District. We're not talking about feeding some people in Matlock. We're talking about across the Peak District, people going out and being fed. We talk about people coming from across the Peak District and meeting and having food. We talk about people being clothed across the Peak District. And so we make impact. You know, for, that, for the food for um, the Jigsaw Cafe, there are, there are faithful people. I was talking about this yesterday, who make food week after week after week for 10, 12 years. And most of you don't even know who those people are, but faithfully they're cooking every week. We have somebody who washes the tea towels. For as long as I can remember, one person washes the tea towels so that when you open the drawer, they are fresh and they are fluffy. And they dry things because they're not wet and moldy. And actually, together as church, we go, we've been on mission. This last 30 years hasn't been a being lost in the desert. Because actually, we're seeing God doing loads of stuff. And God's had us on this journey. And the building's just another little bit of this journey. And he says to us, when you secure Matlock... You're going to take the peaks. And so there's this vision from 30 years ago of seeing fires lit all across the Peak District. And actually, gradually, we're starting to see some of these things happening. But God says, when you secure Matlock, you'll take the peaks. And I'm holding on for that day. So I want to encourage you this morning. I don't want to discourage you about the difficulties I want to encourage you. And um, so I want to just share a few little Bible verses about going. So four verses about going. And the first is from Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. You all know these verses, I'm sure. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even till the end of the age. So God says, go. 
Go and take that place called the Peak District. Go and take the village that you're in for me. And I'm going to be with you as you go and you do it. In Acts 1, Jesus again says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, through Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, if you talked about Derbyshire to the people that Jesus was te- uh, uh, you know, teaching at that point in time, they'd have gone, where? Well, it's in the UK. Where? Because it wasn't called Derbyshire and it wasn't called the UK. We're talking a long time ago. It was a nowhere. Here is the end of the earth as far as they were concerned. And we're here. We're here as the people of God in the end of the earth. Romans 10 13 and 14 says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him if no one tells them? And that's our job. That's why we're here at the end of the earth. Because actually it's our job to go and tell those people at the end of the earth about Jesus. Wasn't it great as the Sarahs shared earlier on, just about their heart, about coming face to face with Jesus. And we've all got those stories to tell. Psalm 96 says, publish his, I love that word, publish his glorious deeds among the nations. And I don't think they were thinking newspapers. They were thinking just in every way, tell everyone about the amazing things that he does. And I want to encourage you, as you hear stories about church, about what we do together, tell people about the amazing things he does. That's what's been happening to some of these builders and plumbers. They're he- hearing the wonderful things that Jesus does. And as they're hearing them, they're like, that's actually really good. There's nothing else like this. And there isn't. There's nothing else like Jesus. And I want to share with you four verses about not giving up. Because if you're on a journey and for 30 years you've been wandering around and you think, I still haven't got somewhere to call my own, then actually you might be quite weary. And some of you have been on this journey for 30 years with us. And some of you for a few years less. 2 Chronicles 15. But as for you, be strong and courageous, for your work will be rewarded. Isaiah 41 the, the, the verse about barren heights and seeing springs. That's from Isaiah 41. And it also says this in this chapter. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Isn't that good? God's with us on this journey. We're not lost in the desert. We're journeying with God and he's with us. He is our victorious right hand. When we see victory, when we see God doing amazing, mighty acts, it's his hand that does them. Galatians 6, 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And I think there's a temptation as we, as we see kind of a building coming together that we could get into a building and we could kind of give up. We could sit on our comfy chair and give up. 
And actually God says, this is the time not to back off. This is the time to be going. This is the time to be taking your promised land. And he wants to encourage us today. This verse has already been shared this morning from Philippians 4. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. That's I, that's you can do everything. Not one or two little tiny things. You can do everything through Christ because he strengthens you. So I want to ask, what are you going to do? What's going to be your part in all of this? I think there's people who are already planning about what they're going to do. So I know Paul and Angela live in Ashbourne for a reason. And they're meeting and they're praying with people in Ashbourne about what's God going to do in the place where we live. And they've been there for quite a while. But they're galvanizing themselves to pray. And they're saying, we're going to commit to this. Because actually, we want to see God do something. We don't want to be camping in Ashbourne with no purpose. Actually, we want to see God do something. And that gives them the purpose of why they keep driving backwards and forwards across the peaks. Because actually, they believe God is going to do something where they are. Sarah and Sunda starting a new group up in the Hope Valley, where they are. They're collaborating with others to see a new expression of what church is going to be like in Baslow. They're starting a new small group in Eam. And, you know, as they do that, they're stepping out. They don't, they don't know what God's going to do. But they're saying, wherever we are, we want to see God doing something. I know there's people who want to reach out to the elderly, that when we get our building, that actually they're going to say, we're going to, we're going to reach out to the elderly. Dave Watmore was just saying last Sunday night, he said, um, I want to reach out to the lonely. And it was fascinating because I was talking with Leslie yesterday. And, you know, she reaches out to the lonely all the time because she goes and cleans their houses. And she goes to all these different houses in the Peak District. And she meets the lonely. And, you know, she takes the blessing of God into those houses. And, you know, I know loads of you are doing loads of other things. And you're excited about other things. I want to ask you, what are you going to do? As God tells us to go, as he says, enough. Go and take the land. What are you going to do? What's going to be your part? Because if you sit there and say, I'm really happy in my tent in the desert... Either you're going to be left behind or actually you're just going to hold everybody else back that's around you who's going to try and persuade you to come, come too. And God says, go and take the promised land. Go and get it. Israel was stuck. Now, I think it was partly their choice, but it was partly God's journey for them. And I don't know how you feel. Do you feel we've been stuck for 30 years thinking about the Peak District? Or actually, are you excited because God says it's time to go? And what time are we? We're quarter past 12. Have we got time for a finishing song? Yeah. Let's finish up with a song because I I, I think actually focusing on God's a really good thing. So we're going to finish up with that. Um, But... um, what I actually 
want to encourage you to do as we meet over coffee. I want you to start to talk to each other about what you think God's doing. I want you to share some of your dreams with one another about what you believe God could do. What God could do with us corporately, but what he could also do with you individually. Because I believe as we start to share those things with one another, actually, we can see what God's going to do. And we can get more excited about what he will do as he says, go and take the land. Oming and ahhing there, so I should have come straight up. Um, just something to add, and I can't remember if I've shared this before, but if I have, I'm going to say it again. And it's just about the journeying, and it's just about the going through. Um, I was working in Buxton a while back, and um, living in Baslow, and going back and forth. And one morning, I arrived in Buxton, and the consultant wasn't there, so we had no clinic. And um, great, I, I could drive back. So um, I was driving back through Buxton to Baslow, along all those rivers, those rivers churning and and you know going going along bubbly and um, I was just really really touched by the rivers through the Peak District and we are those rivers we are those vessels that carry the Holy Spirit there's purpose in our journeying there's purpose in our driving along and um, I just was overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit going to move through the Peak District and that's that same word that's been given again and again but God's giving it to us fresh it's still his heart it's still his heart for those rivers to run through the peak district and where those rivers so let's carry that let's carry that can i read one scripture and this is a scripture that god really spoke i'm just going to read it i'm not going to say anything else and this is from 2 chronicles 7 um, 14 and this is god's promise for us whatever we face whatever disillusionment let's just hold on to it again it says if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then i will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land